This is the final word, Women's Ashes Daily. Jeff Lemon and Test Match Special Commentator Henry Moran from the Oval, where it was day seven of the Women's Ashes series. It was the second T20 International. The show's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. And you, Henry, are going to tell me about 40 overs of cricket in 30 seconds. So, England won. That's the headline. They batted first. Danny Wyatt smashed it all over the shop. 76 for her. And in the end, England set a target of 187. Looked as though Australia were cruising. First wicket partnership worth 59. Then the wicket started tumbling. The pressure started building on Australia. Could England improbably get their first victory of the women's ashes? Well, they looked set for it until Elise Perry in the final over required three sixes. She couldn't hit the first one for six. She did hit the final two of the innings for six. Just to remind everybody how good Australia are. But it's England that win, and they keep this Ashes series alive. Ooh, I mean, it was it was as must-win as must-win can be. Australia, mm. six points from the first two games. They won the test, they won the first T20, and if you get to eight points, you retain the trophy when yep. you've already got it, which Australia do. So if England are to have any hope of winning it, they need to beat Australia five times in a row. That's probably not likely, but in order to beat a team five times in a row, you've got to beat them the first of those times. Well, you done do, that. and you've got to try and break that duck. You've mm. got to get over the line. And I've seen cracks in this Australian side mm -hmm. in this series that I hadn't seen previously. I think Australia, as brilliant as they are, are beatable. England have shown that in tonight's game, and our feeling perhaps in the Women's T20 World Cup mm -hmm. earlier this year that if England had got a chance to play Australia, they didn't because they lost in the semi-final, <laughs> yes. which ruled them out. Stumbling but block. Had, well, it is. But had they got the chance, I think that England would have mm -hmm. had a decent opportunity of beating Australia. They did beat them in this game yep. and they had to. Of course, not just in terms of the maths of winning the women's ashes, but also just a psychological block having come so close in the previous mm -hmm. two games. To lose this one, particularly given where they were, would have been a hammer blow. It felt like one of those nights early on. It felt like one of those nights where things were not going for Australia and you thought, mm. well, maybe it, it's that sort of thing. In order to beat them, they need to have an off day and the other team needs to play a really, really mm. good game. Like you've got to, you can play your best game, but if Australia are playing their best game, you won't beat them. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit of both, but things weren't going for them. There was the, you know, when, when Dunkley and, and Wyatt were opening up early on, there's, there's the nick in the first over that goes for four. There's the big top edge that falls safe. Then Dunkley's dropped, Talia McGrath, a simple catch, bizarrely straightforward catch that she puts down. Um, there's a run out where the throw goes to the wrong end and suddenly you know it's all and, and in between all this stuff Wyatt's lacing boundaries one or two every over she keeps picking one up you know driving through backward point through cover point in the way that she does and suddenly you know they've none for 57 off the first 40 balls by the time Dunkley gets out and then they're one for 100 when that Siver Brunt's out there whacking it around and everything's the, the things that needed to fall for them have and then the quality has started to show after that. The one thing that did strike me in the England innings because I thought we'd seen this script before and we knew how it was going to play out when they started losing wickets. They mm -hmm. lost four for 12 and you just thought, okay, right, we've seen this before. Good start, falls away, yep. massively under par and they lose the game. But that didn't happen. Sophie Eccleston, Sarah Glenn scored the runs at the back end of the yeah. innings. Ultimately, proved entirely crucial and well, they got there. It swung back and forth so many times, right? Because it is one for 100. And then suddenly, like you say, it, it's for what, what is it? Five for 19, they end up losing England. Um, and it's, it's Annabelle Sutherland, who's crucial again. It comes in, you know, short ball, it takes the top edge. And then she bowls a brilliant cutter to Heather mm. Knight that beats the outside edge of the bat, um, hits off stump 
first ball dark Heather Knight's 100th T20 International um, you know didn't didn't quite well th- things picked up in the second innings I, I suppose for Heather Knight um, it, it, it's it's yeah it's Capsy that she gets off the top edge and then you've got Jones hitting down to Sutherland along on so the over after she's taken the two wickets she takes this spectacular diving catch running in off Talia McGrath and then Danny Gibson with this weird sort of overhand shot to mid off and and, and and suddenly it's all falling apart and then like you say it's Eccleston and Glenn they get together and they're like no nah, okay we're, we're just going to keep pushing here and there are a few weird moments there's there are edges there are buys but there's also Eccleston pinging that deep mid-wicket boundary three times four mm. six four as she goes out there they're both out in the last over but by that time they've done some damage that was the highest score against Australia I think mm. in it 20s. was yeah and it was Australia's highest score batting in the second innings mm. because they've never chased that many they got very never close to doing they've never had to <laughs> I think for me the, the, the thing that stood out from from an England point of view that was really significant was that they've spoken about this brand of cricket and I mm. hate the fact oh, do we call it John Ball or Louis I don't mm. care just play yeah. cricket how you want to yeah. play cricket and play it well and they did play it well but they played it in the way that they said they were going to which is with aggression confidence and backing themselves and so often you hear about sides saying oh we're going to play a positive brand Mm -hmm. of cricket words that should be banned as far as I'm concerned but they did play with a positive brand of cricket if you want to use that term just the Uh, word brand is awful brand I mean it makes you think of cows like burning them with pokers I was more Russell brand it makes you think of a whole whole range of things I'm just more thinking sort of you know, where you might buy that nice jacket. That's mm. a nice brand. It's a nice so, brand. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the other bit that stood out was Megan Shute, the, the, yeah. the queen of parsimony, you know, mm. the one who doesn't give anything away. 25 runs off and over. Oh, are we being overly hasty in saying that some of the much vaunted Australian fast bowling attack of five, six years ago maybe aren't quite what they were? Well, I mean, I think you're allowed to have a bad night, but I I think that might have been the most expensive Australian over in Mm. T20 internationals. Really? I mean, there was a no ball four, then there were three other boundaries, then there were five wides, a couple of ones and twos in there, and that's really what turns it. I mean, Danny Wyatt gets out just after that, an uppercutting down to deep third um, and, you know, having blazed, like you said, 76 or 46 balls, mm. was it? Something like that. Um, and, and then that last partnership. And then even then, I thought at that halfway mark, and there's a pretty partisan um, commentary box up here, everybody was so pessimistic. Every England supporter was like, well, obviously, they're just going to run this down. And I was saying, well, it's 180. Mm. It's not nothing. Yeah. You've got to score them. I think that there's a degree of scarring yeah. from the first, well, not just in general again, Australia, but also the first Ashes T20 in 2022 at Adelaide Oval, right. where England hit a 170 odd, and Australia chased it down one down. Yeah. And at the in midway like point, in a, yeah. <laughs> and at the midway point of that game, there was like, okay, yeah. England are a different side coming into this Women's yeah. Ashes, and suddenly it was like, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. And as you say, Australia, they had an off night, and I spoke to Elise Perry afterwards, and she said, look. The, the better side won. I'm not sure England were necessarily the much better side. I think perhaps that there were a few moments that went their way mm. and there were a few moments that Australia perhaps didn't perform at their maximum. Similarly, you could go back to the first T20 and the Test match and say there was maybe a few moments of decisions that didn't quite go England's way. That's yep. sport, that's the way it works. What we have seen though, which is really encouraging for the women's game, is that Australia haven't been entirely dominant. Mm. And I think that's really... And I love watching Australia because they're brilliant. Yep. I also like competitive sport. And it was basically the same game. It was the same innings, pretty much. So they got off to a flyer as well, the Australians, 59 off 37. Healy smacks a couple of sixes in and over off Siva Brunt, you know, way over the leg side, the second one. Huge hit. Like, well into the seats. And, you know, big crowd here at the Oval. We'll, we'll come back to that as well. And then this is... It's almost... A, it's a brilliant piece of bad cricket in that it's about four different bits of bad cricket in that Beth Mooney 
hits what should be a catch to mid-off. Uh, mid-off is Charlie Dean there, needs to take three steps forward and just doesn't move, just mm. stands there and waits for the ball to not quite reach her. Then sort of falls over. And then Mooney's decided to take the run because she's, she's like, well, either I'll be caught and out, so it doesn't matter, or she'll drop it and I'll be able to get through for the single. So she takes the run and gets there comfortably, but Talia McGrath's watching the ball, not watching Mooney, yeah. turns around and realises Mooney's standing next to her and has to run to the other end. And then Dean's throw is wildly wide of the stumps. So it's four ordinary bits of cricket in a row and Jones manages to tidy up and, and dive in and, and backhand the ball at the stumps and run out Talia McGrath. So she's out cheaply. Um, and then, you know, they just start going through them. And by the point that Charlie Dean bowls Grace Harris, you know, after Gardner's been caught and bowled, they're 96 for five. It's the 13th over and they're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. And then you've got the Elise Perry phantom edge or, you know, the poltergeist well, that a, edge. That was a weird The haunted one. DRS. Well, talk, talk us through it. So uh, there was a sort of late cut through to the keeper. Mm -hmm. Interest immediately from Amy Jones and the bowler. Yeah, but that not was convinced, like not, sort of, eh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know. It, it was, felt like, let's use a review because we have two. Yeah, it was when someone offers you a drink late in the night and you're like, well, okay. okay yeah, we'll, I don't we'll, need we'll, it. No, I don't need it, but let's go for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so... It's like when you've got a couple of drink vouchers left. Yeah, and you think, well, yeah, I probably I wanna, should. Might as well. Yeah. I don't want to waste them. It would be a shame not yeah. to. So they went for it, and then the crowd, and I was actually down in the crowd at the time just to sample a little bit of the atmosphere. They see on the big screen, there's the big, the distinctive, very sharp mm -hmm. flick, but it was just after the ball had passed it, but you know they sure. have to sync it up manually. Right. That's what they always say, is they sync them up yeah. manually. And so at that and, point... And often there's a little bit of a lag, but yeah, it shouldn't be that much Not that much. And there was all, always that sort of sense, well, okay, well, what else can it be? So yeah. it must be out. Perry saw it, was halfway back to the dressing room, and then umpire Sue yep. Redfern announces on the, on the PA... Saying, uh, yeah. saying from the TV box, no clear gap between bat and ball, come back. And she nearly wins the game. Yeah, and Perry, I mean, Perry doesn't know. She's got no idea whether she's hit it or not. No. I, I, we saw her coming back to the middle and sort of talking to the umpire, saying, like, I, you know, I, I, I didn't feel any edge, but who knows? Because, like you say, she just saw the spike and went, oh, well, I must be out and started walking. But um, And then she sees it being looked at again and again and again. She's like, well, maybe mm. I'm not out. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just wait around. And, and she does get reprieved and she does bat through. But then Sutherland's 20 off 12 when she gets out and then Georgia Wareham coming in and I was just thinking well I've seen Wareham yeah. do this before in the Big Bash I've seen Wareham do 50 off 20 balls in the mm. Big Bash before um, she's a hitter and she takes a little while to get in and then she finds her range she went 4-6-6 six, six. and Alex Hartley in the test match special yep. commentary box next to me suddenly went from very relaxed yep. to very not relaxed they needed 50 off 18 balls at that point and then she takes 19 off the over off the third last over and suddenly it's like well 31 off 2 that's doable yeah. and then Lauren Bell bowls a really good second last over slower balls um, that keeps him to a single a brace a single and then a back of the hand slower ball that Wareham misses and gets bowled so even even though Jonathan comes out and hits a four and a two, they still need 20 off the, the last over, mm. which, you know, it's possible, but with Eccleston bowling, you shouldn't get there. Yeah, but you they, shouldn't get there. They kind of nearly they did. They very, very nearly did. And, uh, you know, England have the trump card in Sophie yeah. Eccleston, who is the world's best. I think that's widely accepted. Uh, but, but, you know, one, one Tactical th blue, first ball of the over, Perry takes... Is it like she, so, yeah. so Eccleston bowls her first two balls really, really well. She, she, she sort of uh, bowls a bit flatter and a bit quicker, so Perry's coming down the wicket and can't get to the pitch of it. And then she slows it up and bowls shorter and wider to Jonathan, who's going back, uh, should have gone back to that ball, but ends up coming forward to it um, and hitting it, not timing a shot and, and, and hitting a catch. So good bowling to start with, but 
if she doesn't take that single first ball, I mean, surely Perry's more likely. Like, Jonathan's a fine player, but she would have had to hit five fours or five balls to win yeah. that match. She's not really a six hitter. You needed sixes at that and, point. And fresh into, into the wicket as well. Yeah. I think the only thing that is worth pointing out about that final over in terms of the scorecard is how often do you see it in run chases where it becomes mathematically impossible and suddenly the bowler relaxes, the yep. delivery isn't quite as good, the intensity is gone from the game, and so you do see sixes yeah. here. I mean, I'm well, not they're just trying to put it there. They're just concentrating on don't bowl an O-ball, don't yeah. bowl a wide, so it doesn't not, matter. I'm not quite sure it's necessarily, oh, she hit two sixes when it could easily have been three sixes. It was two sixes after mm. a good ball previously. Sure. Perry says was in the slot and should have gone, but I'm not quite three, sure. Three sixes from five balls is a bit easier than three sixes from three well, balls. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, Australia came very close because they bat so deep and they're such yeah. a good side. Yeah, so they end up falling short by three runs. The Australians um, keeps the series alive. It's 6-2 on points. There are, what, uh, we've got one more T20 and mm. three ODIs to play. That brings us to the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, where we... Pick our most final word moments of the day. It's brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. I, I was out there at Stratford City last night playing some shuffleboard. Have you ever shuffleboarded before? Yes, the sand on the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a bit like curling in it's a like pub. It's like curling on a wooden table. Yeah, it's lovely. Shuffleboard's great. I don't know where it's been hiding all mm. my life, but I love it. It's one of those things where when I went to the US for the first time and I was like, you just have this in bars. Like you can just walk yeah. into a bar and play this amazing game of like touch and sort of skill and like sort of lawn bowling style. Oh, it's lovely. And you can switch it up. You can play, there's like a curling version you can play where you've got a, a circle, like a sort of bullseye thing, and then it's all about who can land the pucks in closest um, to the center of the ring and that kind of thing. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can change up the shuffle. It's a game board. that is much like darts, mm. massively affected by the amount of inebriation. Yeah, yeah, and there's a window at about one and a half <laughs> uh, where, where maybe you're better than when you started. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I was spending my time doing out at Strat last night um, because there wasn't a cricket match on for the first time in weeks. Mm. But there was tonight. Okay, Hall of Fame. I, I, I've got to throw in the Danny Gibson forehand, the, the short ball that was above shoulder height that she kind of came over the top of and then just hit straight to mid-off yep, and just got it. I loved it. It had a sort of certain, I know Wimbledon's on, mm. I'm going to show what I can do. Right. Roger Federer. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. sort of vibe. Like, like sort of there, there are those little clips of, you know, Nick Kyrgios playing a forward defensive with a tennis racket or yeah. something. And they'll go, oh, trying out for the uh, cricket team, are you? <laughs> ah, good times. Yeah, that's, that's how sports journalism works. Um, <laughs> uh, Sophie Eccleston after the game putting her hat sort of up on top of her head, like East 17. Yeah. Remember them? She yeah. was just walking around like that for a while. Yeah. That's her new thing, maybe? Yeah, she, she's quite a hipster. She likes the Crocs and mm. socks look. And as socks. well yeah she's a fan of that can I throw in mm -hmm. as a sort of slightly worthy one how lovely it was to be at a game of cricket where 20,000 people were in yeah what was the final watching. number tonight it, well I know that there was over 20,000 ticket sales plus yep. over 1,500 hospitality so that is yeah, that's big numbers yeah and, um, maybe bigger than Edgbaston I think it was that. bigger than yeah. Edgbaston and I was down there when the Elise Perry non-dismissal happened mm -hmm. and you know I, I, I'm always, well on Sunday at Lords I was slightly dismayed by the endless chanting of same old Aussies always cheating. But mm -hmm. when it came out this evening, it, it sort of felt like, you know, these people here, it, it's it, a crowd that's really engaged with the sport they're watching. Yep. And there have been times, and let's be perfectly honest about it, there have been times watching the women's game in, in years gone by where it's been a real push to fill the grounds and yep. brilliant and necessary and absolutely part of the journey. But the crowd that I saw here tonight were massively engaged, yep. massively partisan. 
and it's absolutely brilliant for the sport and, and goodness me this this journey that mm. we're, we're seeing and uh, and every development that we've seen is just so encouraging and it's it's lovely to see and the noise with every you know when when Wareham was out you know the mm. eruption that went up there was was incredible um, I'd throw in yes Sutherland's delivery to Bullhead the night the, it was it was like a sort of Pat Cummins oh, version the one lovely. that angles in and then decks away ever so slightly hits the outside of the off stump beautiful and Sue Redfern who had an interesting night in the box because not only did she have the court behind that wasn't that maybe was or could have been or should have been, but she couldn't give it. There was no way she could give it, even mm. though it was probably what it was. But it could have been a noise from something else. But she also had the Eccleston run out that was just on the line and she had no way of being really able to, you know, like I thought it was probably going to be given out and then it was given not out and it could have been either. And she yeah. didn't have an easy night on the tools. She didn't. And I also like the way during the Eccleston run out where she just said, that replay's giving me nothing. <laughs> and there was a certain sense of weariness, just for God's sake, I need more. Director, um, can you give me a side by side yeah side by side not yeah. that one you're yeah. giving me nothing yeah, giving i enjoyed nothing. that and uh, oh, i thought it was a great game of cricket mm -hmm. i think that we've been treated to cross men's and women's ashes series five brilliant matches so far and you know how lucky are we to be seeing such good close competition and it might be australia's women win every game for the rest of the series but i don't think they'll win every game easily long may it continue we'll be at everything we'll be final word daily we'll be at everything through the rest of both of the ashes um, so stay with us jeff lemon and henry moran tonight thanks to tms and thanks to uh, westfield london westfield stratford city for sponsoring the show if you want to get involved with what we're doing patron.com slash the final word is where to find us and hang out on the internet and otherwise keep watching keep listening we'll be back at leeds tomorrow see you